0: right welcome back to the Duke basketball Junctions. Uh I am Michael exson I'm here with my co-host Peter Rowe how are you Peter very good Mike it's been a little while we took we took some time off to decompress from uh, from the season we intended to do a few more podcasts uh, in the last month or two but you know life got busy for us uh, we apologize but we don't apologize too
1: hard right um, this is episode 50 Mike is that, a, is that a milestone?
0: I don't think that's a milestone. Not
1: a milestone.
0: No, it's that's a round number
1: though. You think it's likely we hit a hundred?
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm ready to commit. You're committed. I'm committed to hundred. <laughs> I um, you know, I'm on the record as being like pretty disappointed by sort of the the level of team play and the defensive play over the last two seasons. Um, the one and done experiment has left me. Yeah, feeling a little empty inside to be, you know. If you listened to us all last season, I'm sure you heard uh, heard that coming through our analysis and our commentary and talking about our emotions. But um, I got to tell you, Peter, I am actually feeling pretty optimistic once again about about, when, about this, this team. About this team coming into this season. Okay. Well, before so, you, before, you, before you before you
1: proceed, then let me ask you: Are you more excited about this team? then last year's team and also let me include the the previous year's team because they were all pretty loaded I and was, they, everyone was pretty excited about the incoming season that's my point so
0: despite the disappointment despite it, like feeling like I learned my lesson I have not learned anything. I am once again very excited. <laughs> <laughs> You're a sucker. I, I was excited all three years. I was exci- I'm was excited. i excited mean, every time we have of a big co- Of course,
1: class. new season, yeah. possibilities are endless, but I, I feel like my expectations are gradually just going down. While I'm still very excited to see what Cam Reddish and R.J. Barrett and Trey Jones and Zion Williamson and Joey Baker and all these guys can do, I mean, it's just tough, you know? Like, it's it's tough. And, yeah. and, and to, to, to say that, you know, yeah, we're just set up for disappointment. We're going to be disappointed with the 29-8 and eight season. Like, you know, our standards are very high. Very high. Too high. It's going probably. to be tough for all these kids to come in and, and, and be great and play cohesively.
0: I'm less, uh, as we've talked about, I'm less interested in what our record is than how we play and how much I personally, and this is me enjoy watching them play basketball. I want to see talent not being maximized in one year necessarily, but I want to see effort. I want to see teamwork. I want to see buy-in. I don't want to see sort of checked-out, selfish play. Or just, you know, poor play by talented players. Um, I think these guys, I hope these guys are guys that get it a little more. I liked everyone on last year's team, but like personally, I like them, but I didn't like watching them play basketball together. Um, that, that's sort of the conclusion I came right. to by the end of the year. Right. Um, you know, I have no no issues with any of them. You're going to hear us if you're just tuning in. You're going to hear us sort of you know criticize players. Uh, we're going to criticize coaches on this podcast again this season. It's going to happen, but it's not. It's not. We're not haters. We went to Duke. We we live and breathe a little bit with Duke, and you know. We're just not gonna just kiss up to the program all the time. Uh, who like, are you
1: talking to, Mike? You talking to the new listeners right
0: now? Yeah, our new listeners. It's a new season, <laughs> yeah. you know. for those who skip over stuff,
1: uh, I, to just to address the question, I think I was probably most excited for the mm-hmm. Jason Tatum, Frank Jackson, Harry Giles incoming squad. Marquise Bolden. Couple of those guys with Jefferson. Matt Jones, Grayson Allen, Luke. And I was very, very excited. Yeah. Pretty disappointed at how difficult it was to win. You know, like winning is just really, really hard. Did you
0: mention Grayson Allen? I didn't hear yeah. yeah, I thought I had that. That team had a better balance, like more veteran it's, quality players. Yeah, so it, but it was just very. It was very
1: weird. You know, it's sort of like I, I feel like on this squad, R.J. Barrett's going to be the alpha. Everyone's sort of going to defer to him because he seems to be the clear cut number one guy but all that flushes out like it's gonna take a while the exhibition games you're gonna you're gonna see a lot and it's a feeling out process in terms of just who's gonna do what who has the green light to do what on the on the court you know like Alex O'Connell in his high school squad probably had the green light to shoot whenever he wanted to but on a, a team with all these crazy talented guys he's just facilitating ball movement so yeah. It'll be interesting to see, like, even Joey Baker. I don't, is he even going to play? Is he going to redshirt? Like, what's what's his deal? We don't know.
0: We don't know. He's uh, all we know is that they list him at six foot seven. He looks shorter than that in all the pictures. Uh, <laughs> but he's the fifth guy in this recruiting class right. of Trey Jones, Zion, R.J. Barrett, and Cam Reddish. I actually have no specific expectations uh, of any of these players. Exactly what roles they're going to play? Who's going to be sort of the the alpha? Etc., in terms of leadership or even scoring. Um, last year, I thought it was pretty clear Bagley was, was coming in and was supposed to be that alpha. Uh, but I also thought Trey DeVal was going to be, you know, my expectations for Trey DeVal were, were obviously out of line. I thought he was going to come in and going be one of the, the best point guards to come through Duke. And he winds up undrafted Yeah. Uh, and frustrating to watch a lot of the year. Um right. so so we'll see. I'm 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 excited about the team. I'm more cynical about how purely all star freshman squads under Coach K are going right. to play than it was. Yes. So, you know, but that Jason Tatum squad that you mentioned had so many injuries coming into the year. This team has no significant injuries. We do have a few returning guys, but like Yeah, you know, I don't know exactly what my expectations are, except I'm excited to see these guys play.
1: Sure, I mean, I'm definitely excited also.
0: Cool. Uh, Today on the podcast, I think we're going to go back. Uh, We never we we talked a lot about the draft before the draft, but we never we didn't get into what happened. We didn't provide any analysis. Uh, We we both we live in Las Vegas. We've been snoozing a little bit. Yeah, we we took we took some vacation time. Uh, We both went to summer league. Physically watched all the guys play uh, a little bit at least. I went, I went a couple days. I, I think you went,
1: went. I think you went more than I did. Yeah, I didn't
0: go that. I didn't go as much as I expected, but I put in two long days uh, where I saw a bunch of guys, and I think part of a third. And I know you put in that one long day with me. Um, I
1: saw my favorite player. <laughs> yeah, we,
0: we got to see Frank Jackson <laughs> hit a jump shot, uh, and I can't wait for you to to describe it to the listeners, to to our. To everyone, because uh, if you guys weren't there, you know, he played basketball, and uh, he's Peter's favorite player. Uh, so we'll go through our impressions that we saw. We'll go sure. through what Briefly. happened in the draft. We'll yeah. go through a little bit of uh, Duke and the NBA free agency uh, before we round it out and uh, talk about this these Canadian exhibition games that are about to happen.
1: And expectations for the team, even though we don't really know that much.
0: Yeah, I don't know that we have to make preseason predictions yet, but uh, I think we can at least talk about what, what we'd like to see in Canada. Uh, that'll give us some some good stuff. It. Uh, sure. All right, so let's go back to the draft. Uh, we'll go in order. Bagley goes number two to Sacramento Kings. Kings. Um, kind of as expected. Uh, it was clearly you know if we're gonna grade these as like wins or losses for the players. That's a win for Bagley, you know. I think he maybe expected at some point before the season, early in the season, to be the number one pick. But with Don, going ahead of Doncic, going ahead of a freak like Bamba, uh, you know, and, and going behind Aiton, uh, I think, is, was, was fine and, and a good result for him. Right. He goes to a place where he gets to
1: probably be a main scorer. He's probably going to pile on points on a very bad team. Yeah, I guess. Well, uh, pile on stats.
0: He gets, and he gets, but he gets to play on a, on, a young, on a team with a lot of young guys yeah. that get to form their own identity. And Harry Giles is. De'Aaron Fox spot. is
1: going to run up and down the court, probably make it a lot of fun for him. But yeah, it's a very young squad. And also, it's Sacramento. So I, I actually wonder when these blue chip studs get drafted by Sacramento or Milwaukee if they're sort of bummed out because they have to spend five years in a place they probably don't want to spend. I mean
0: time. it's still California yeah,
1: like Charlotte or wherever.
0: Yeah, I mean Sacramento isn't like the glamour city, but it's still Cali, you know, which means you got to pay high taxes, but but you're pretty close to San Francisco, you're not a long flight away from Vegas or Southern California. I yeah. mean, there's worse there's certainly worse locations in the world than, than Sacramento. Uh, you know, the city actually has some character. I'll,
1: I'll I'll go back to the question I typically ask in terms of the appeal of a location is when's the last time they signed a, a free agent. You know, It's
0: been a while. Yeah. And, and, so it's yeah. probably not
1: a desirable location. No, no. But, it's not, but, it's but, not but the top of anyone's yeah, list. But, yeah. but, but having said yeah, that, yeah. For, for a guy who hasn't played a minute in the NBA, he's got to be pretty excited about going that high and the, yeah, m- the, most the, likely being able to play 30, 35 minutes a game.
0: And the nice thing there is, there's no, there are no expectations of the kings around the league. Yeah, the expectations are so low. So he he gets to grow with a young team, and hopefully he, he he proves a lot of people wrong in terms of like the doubters about defense. we watched him last year, we were blown away at times and frustrated a little bit at times by his lack of boxing out. Yeah, some of the defensive warts, uh, but. You know, he was playing zone most of the year, and now he's going to be playing man. It'll be interesting to see uh, how he does. So, a win for Bagley. Uh, the Kings are the projected with the NBA over-unders. is have the second worst record in the NBA, so expectations are, are going to be low. Right. Um, the next guy to go. Oh, and did we see Bagley at Summer League? Did we actually see him? Uh, not there? in
1: person. I definitely saw him on on TV. He had some thunderous dunks as as usual. I liked that he was running up and down with Harry Giles. Harry Giles was good time to talk about Harry Giles. Harry real Giles quick. brought it. He brought he he just brought it every every time. He was sort of ferocious, sort of chippy, chip on the shoulder. Um, I saw him block a three point shot, which was very impressive. Yeah, he, um, he's got the length. He had a Got game with five
0: steals and uh, yeah. five blocks. It reminded me of that UNC, that glorious two-minute stretch of the UNC game <laughs> where he took over. It was his only real, like moment s- moment, moment at Duke. Moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just always felt bad that he wasn't able to really be healthy and, and contribute and play. He would have been. Yeah, he's one of the most talented guys ever yeah. to sign with Duke, and I just hope he's a sh- at least.
1: He he's actually a good. guy I'm yeah. I'm dying to know how his season and career plays out because he's he's crazy talented um he he got into a lot of drawing he he got into it with refs and players he got teed up um rebounds loose ball he just brought a lot of energy maybe a little bit too much you know maybe he's got to figure out how to like rein that stuff in but i'm excited to see what what he can do
0: yeah if he's healthy there's no doubt he's going to see the court a lot the way he played i think and uh, it's going to be his second year in the NBA, right. although his rookie year, because he didn't play a lick this season, right? Uh, like a Ben Simmons kind of rookie situation, right? Uh, and he's super young, so uh, the Kings are going to be like good NBA league pass for for Duke fans, watching those guys. They, and it almost looked like they got Gary Trent too, because they drafted him and, and traded them to the to the Blazers right away, didn't they? I, yeah, I think the Kings actually made the selection, But he, he was quickly swapped to, to the
1: Blazers. Uh,
0: we'll get to Trent in a second. Next is uh,
1: Wend- Wendell Carter. Wendell Carter. Uh, goes... I, actually, I, I like how a lot of our guys that are young, that we're pulling for, are coupled with other Dukies.
0: There's so many of us. Uh, right. I mean, the brotherhood is eventually going to take guy.
1: over. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, Wendell Carter goes to Chicago, looks like a good situation and then jabari signs also
0: yeah seventh in the draft yeah uh you know solid result for him it definitely wasn't like a loss you know like a like a minus compared to what his expectations were i think his range was was floating between maybe five and and ten or eleven yeah so that's a good result for him i'm really happy for him he played he was he was my favorite player on last year's team in terms of you know, two-way play. I uh, really love the way he, he handled himself on the court and played.
1: Yeah, we both really liked him.
0: Yeah, and uh, he he really was impressive in summer league. Uh, you know, he really turned heads, and I heard a lot of people, a lot of analysts, uh, were talking about him being maybe the best rookie in the summer league in terms of his play. Um, so that was, that was pretty cool. Okay. And, and, I know uh, people are excited about his potential now. Um, there was also like some ruffles, uh, some feather ruffling, uh, you know, from his mom. The continued quotes about sort of how he kind of got got screwed a little by um, Bagley, Bagley reclassifying. Yeah.
1: that his stats would have been better and this and that. I wonder if she's if if you read the entirety of her interview, if if it might not have come off as that bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was fine with the comments. I'm fine with her saying yeah. whatever that heck she wants. Yeah. She was also critical of sort of college basketball scheme of not paying players in general.
1: Calling it a prison system. Yeah,
0: so interesting. Uh, and, you know, obviously his parents have, have a lot of, uh, they're, they're, they're well-spoken, they have they've, they've thoughts. Wendell, like, almost went to Harvard. You know, it's going to be interesting to see his persona in the league and if he sort of Becomes sort of a spokesman on some of these issues that, you know, that are affecting the college game right now.
1: I, I I do know what he has been very outspoken about recently. Yeah. Did you read it? It's pretty juicy. Tell me. He basically told the females to back off. He's been getting inundated DMs from oh, yeah? um, all like I I mean I'm sure this happens to all the basketball players. <laughs> he just said, look, I just want to focus on basketball. <laughs> you guys have to give me some space and leave me alone. And I mean. He posted
0: on Instagram about it, or I mean, I read it. Who knows if
1: it's real news or fake news? But it was, uh, it it's sort of in keeping with him being like a level-headed type of person.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Now Wendell is going. Wendell and Bagley are both going to make a lot of money. Right. Three years guaranteed. Actually, two years guaranteed. Third year, fourth year team options on the rookie deal. But almost everyone gets it except Okafor. Uh, before even got, oh, even before got his third year yeah. right so you know uh, Bar, uh, Jabari Parker signs with the Bulls too yeah gets one year 20 million was that what it was
1: uh two year 40 million i thought was it two i don't, well, I don't, I I don't know it if it's it. a team option or, or whatever but yeah um, team, team option on the second year it's, it's a lot of, it's like a it's it's obviously a lot of money not a ton of money for for current standards but it's a lot of money um it's a little bit uh, what ran through my mind was um, Duke top three picks are getting no love. Like, they're just being jettisoned to the side. Like, well, Milwaukee didn't even want him.
0: Well, Jabari, you know, Jabari's had a lot of health problems, and right. he's another guy who's considered to be a bit of an albatross on defense.
1: Right. Uh, he doesn't... And he even had those comments after his free agent signing. He was like, look, you get paid for offense. You don't get paid for defense. It was a
0: really bad look <laughs> for him to say that out loud, considering his... His yeah, but you know, I don't know how much is like the injuries. I don't know how much is sort of what he values on the court. But uh, he's not completely wrong. But I, it's I something it was a you bad just look. don't. It's just I mean,
1: something you don't say, even if it's mostly true.
0: It, but it's not. It's not even mostly true anymore. In the NBA, Okafor's case in point. A pretty good offensive player, and nobody, nobody, nobody was willing to, to give him anything. I
1: mean, that's a slightly. Different example, yeah. Different Cause, example. Cause Jabbar, Jabbar can shoot from anywhere. Jabbar got
0: twenty million dollars, yeah. and you know if it goes well this year, the Bulls could re up him for yeah. another twenty. So it's not as if he just got like cast away and nobody likes him. Yeah,
1: um, he's a, he's a guy I really am excited. To. I'm almost a little bit more excited to see how he does with Chicago than Wendell does with Chicago because I th- I think Wendell's going to do great, but Jabbar is sort of like a big question mark because of the injuries. It's
0: it's going to be interesting. They're going to be an interesting team to watch, actually, between uh, Markkanen, Jabari, and and, and Wendell Carter. Those are the the three. That's the front court. Right. You know, and two of the three from Duke. I'm going to be watching a lot of their early season games. Right. I imagine they're they're going to be, you know, in the starting lineup. Maybe, like, Bobby Portis. uh, You know, maybe one of those guys comes off the bench behind Bobby Portis. But... um, but yeah, so uh, very interesting, and I, think I actually thought, considering the options and the way, like money was pretty tight in the NBA free agency, that was a pretty big win for Jabari Parker to get to come home and get paid that much. And if he has a great year and he's healthy, you know, he'll he'll continue to, yeah. to earn well in the NBA, and he has a shot to be on an interesting team. He's to be like a slightly more veteran guy uh, on a yeah. young team. Yeah, I mean, one,
1: I'm very happy that he got to go back home. To Chicago. Yeah. And secondly, it seemed like Chicago was pretty liberal with money. You know, I think they matched uh, no Sacramento's idea. offer for Zach Levine, which was also pretty hefty, relatively hefty speaking. Well,
0: because they're young and they don't have any, like, real big veteran stars, they, they, they have a lot of flexibility. Yeah. And so they figured, why not take a shot on a guy with a lot of upside like Jabari? Um, yeah. And, you know, it still could turn out that he has a better NBA career than Andrew Wiggins, who... Went number one in that draft. Jabari was two, uh, you know.
1: Probably, uh, probably not as good as Embiid.
0: I mean, if Embiid doesn't stay healthy, <laughs> you know, it's a health issue. I mean, no, none of those guys are going to be as good as Embiid if Embiid stays healthy, or as impactful, I should yeah. say. It's a very unlikely, uh, just given what we know.
1: So uh, the the third Dukie who was drafted, yes. I actually thought he went a little bit higher than I anticipated. It's a guy, a guy
0: that played a couple of years at Duke.
1: Won us a national championship. Yes. Probably for the foreseeable future, the last great four year player. Grayson Island goes to a great organization, gets drafted by another dookie. It feels like Quinn another Snyder.
0: big win.
1: Um, is embraced by Bearhug by Donovan Mitchell, who has his back. Yep. And seems like uh, it's teed up for him to be like a very, very solid contributor off the bench.
0: Here's why it's fantastic because Quinn Snyder is part of the. the you know, part of the Brotherhood and he's not gonna it's unlikely he's just gonna completely misunderstand something Grayson says or does or whatever if he kicks someone in the nuts. But he's going to a place where there there's a solid solid like foundation in terms of maximizing the use of role players. And Grayson might end up just being a role player. And if he is most likely if he is that's a great spot for him yeah. to to come yeah. off the bench. Because he has, uh, you know, the big guy there... Uh, Rudy Gobert? Yeah, because Gobert's behind him, the, the, the stifled tower, he, uh, whatever, like, like, you can take more chances. If, if people get by him, you have a big, big rim protector behind you. Right. And so it might even cover up some issues, some concerns about Grayson, you know, manning up on uh, the quicker, you know, quicker guards he has to guard. And because he does know Donovan Mitchell from playing with him... It just seemed like there was an instant connection. It was, it sure. was re- really cool to see. So, yeah, uh, it's great. I'm now you know I'm excited to watch the Utah Jazz and yeah. see. He's, hopefully Grayson gets some minutes. And you know? Yeah, and
1: I and 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 I saw a decent amount of him in um, televised exhibition games. Uh, he seemed to be very athletic, and he seemed to be very focused on ball movement. I mean, his his totals were high. He was sort of in charge of running the offense.
0: Yes, we watched him I watched him play most of a game in person in the Summer League and he looked like he really belonged on the court. He was more collected than most of the other guys and uh, I really liked how he was carrying himself. I, yeah. I was impressed. Yeah. He, he didn't shoot the highest percentage, but he was taking a lot of shots and uh, you know, he wasn't being anything he shouldn't be. Uh, it, it looked like he was part of the team, and I uh, really liked what I saw.
1: And 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 hopefully, maybe, uh, high school kids could look to him as an example. Uh, he, he recently did an interview or a QA and a where he was asked, like, are you regretful of your decision not to come out earlier because it cost you millions of dollars? And he's like, actually, I feel more empowered now because I want to be fully equipped to stay in, in the NBA because so many of these fantastically, athletically gifted people wash out by the time they're 25 or 26. Grayson wants to be in the NBA for a good amount of time, 10, 12 years. And so I thought that him saying that was very insightful, and hopefully it might be inspirational for high school kids who maybe aren't like you know the five-star guys.
0: Well, and the other thing about the Jazz that, that really is great is there's just a ton of stability in that organization. They're very well run. Quinn Snyder is probably not going anywhere for a long time. He's one of the best young coaches in the league. Uh, they're they're not. Gobert is there. Joe Engels is there. Donovan Mitchell is locked in for you know probably at least seven years. There is stability all around him, and he doesn't have to be more than he you know is really capable of being. He doesn't uh, have to. Like I would be pretty worried for Grayson Allen if he was on the Sacramento Kings. You know what would happen to him? Would he fall through the cracks? But in Utah, you know, I I like his chances to thrive at the level he's capable of thriving at, and I'm curious to see what that ceiling is.
1: Um, What do you think it is?
0: I I think his absolute ceiling is, like, uh, you know, a borderline starter, first guard off the bench, uh, you know, dead-eye shooter who passes well and plays pretty decent team defense.
1: but. You know, one, one guy I wish I had seen during Summer League, but obviously didn't, was Luke Kennard. Take Grayson's career, NBA career, over Luke Kennard's?
0: I'll take Grayson over Luke, especially because of where he's playing, versus where Luke's playing. So Luke Kennard gets drafted by Stan Van Gundy, kind of like the role shifts during the year, but they, they did give him a lot a lot of minutes, and I think he played kind of decent. Uh, but Van Gundy's out the GM's yeah. out
1: and, and so no one's going to feel there's obligated no, to this guy
0: right exactly yeah. and they, by the way they're, they're, there's just a lot shifting and it's just very unclear what's going to happen with Kennard he's going to have to earn it there like really stand out well uh, I mean everyone's going to have to earn it nothing's given yes yeah. but uh, yeah I'm not sure I'm not sure about but yeah I, I
1: get your point about there being institutional organizational pressure to have a kid succeed to be given more opportunities
0: yeah canard did better than his worst case scenario last year he didn't do as well as his best case scenario but i actually think he probably exceeded uh, my expectations in terms of his ability to be on an nba court and not look bad you know yeah Uh,
1: i mean he was I i actually didn't see that many i probably saw two games where he played but just peeking in every now and then on box scores, he probably did about what I thought. Shoot the occasional three. Yeah, I mean he's he's a good passer also. He's a pretty good facilitator also.
0: Yeah, the big you know the big question was him is he can he can he create his own shot? Can he shoot in a tight tight window? You know, is he going to wind up defend? being is... like a Kyle Korver? Yeah, can yeah. he defend? No. Uh, you know that that's sort of the test for these kind of guys. Uh, so. Grayson Allen gets drafted 21, uh, and uh, then the Gary Trent and Trey DeVal are waiting. The first round, a bunch of guys go, they, their names aren't called. Kid from high school, kid from, uh, you know, like the Mari Spell- Spellman from uh, Villanova. Robert Williams went really late. Landry Shamay Shem- went from Wichita State. It was a little surprising in the first round, uh, and then I expected to see these guys fall kind of early to mid second round. And Gary Trent did. Gary Trent uh, ends up going to Portland at 37. Yeah, at 37. Uh, notably, he gets he got guaranteed money from uh, from Portland. He got a good amount of it. He got a, a, a three year deal. I'm not 100% sure on the money. But uh, he winds up, again, in a very stable situation for a young player where there's there's very good guards in front of him. He's he not going to have to take on too much. And he's got a chance to compete for minutes. He looked good in the summer league. Yeah. He's yeah. just cre- creating his own shot, getting his. He uh, looked like he had the size and the composure. Uh, I think they're going to wind up feeling pretty good about this second-round pick. I think he's got a real... A real shot to be, like, a, have a, you know, five ten year NBA career.
1: Yeah. Um, and he also gets coupled with an old dookie, Seth Curry.
0: Yeah, Seth Curry signs with the Blazers. <laughs> Seth Curry kind of got left out in the cold a little right. bit with free agency because he's coming off his leg. Was it a broken leg? It's a pretty...
1: Some type of leg issue.
0: Pretty bad leg injury and... Um, could have been ankle he gets he gets two years five or six million from the Blazers it's a pretty cool flyer for them to take um he's got a, you know him and Trent are kind of in that secondary backcourt rotation minutes good right. for both of them that Shabazz Napier left yeah um because there's
1: always chatter about either McCollum or uh Lillard being traded
0: yeah, you know whether it's know. real or not, I don't think, it's I don't a think, possibility. Yeah, I don't think it's happening this year, but in the future, who knows how it lines up. Yeah. Uh, there's certainly no pressure on Gary Trent to, to really perform right away. I think we're not gonna know how you know what he what his career is gonna look like for a couple of years, two, three years, see how he's rounding out. He actually got almost four million dollars in guaranteed money. Um, which according to this list over three years is more guaranteed money. Than over three years, more guaranteed money than the guys got at the bottom of the first round. Hmm. Uh, You know, puts him like between twenty fourth and twenty fifth, between Anthony Simons, the kid from high school who also went to Portland, and uh, Wagner, who went to the Lakers from Michigan. He looked great in summer league. Um,
1: That's interesting. I didn't even know they could do that. I thought it was all laddered or structured so that. They second, they know yeah. what they're gonna get. Maybe in the second round, it's it's more wide open.
0: First round, it's all structured. They really have no choice. They can only use a max. And the second round, it is wide open. It's a, you know, generally, second rounders don't get that much money. Uh, but the trend recently is for teams to, to set them up. They they want to guarantee them some money. They want the guys they want to be on the roster. It indicates a certain commitment from the Blazers to to Gary Trenton's development. Yeah, and it's very good for both. Both sides, Gary Trent's going to be committed to the Lakers. When sometimes they only guarantee one year, or you know, make it like a two-year deal, and then if a guy comes out and he's good, like Carlos Boozer was for the Cavs, he bolts right for something bigger. Uh, in this case, both sides are incentivized to develop and grow with each other, and then you know, he you know if he if he ends up being really good in three years, he's uh, you know, it goes right into, is it going to un, 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 unrestricted free agency? It might be just re, a restricted free agency. But, but it, it, it's harder for the team to maintain control over him. So you, you can, you know, the upside is potentially higher as, a, as an early second rounder if it breaks right. Uh, so, you know, good for him. Uh, I'm rooting for him. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. Um, I'm rooting for
1: Seth also. Yeah. Uh, Seth. Seth, Seth really seems Seth. underrated as a. I mean, he's a very, very, very good three point shooter. Very he good. is.
0: And, you know, his career at Duke was sort of like. Even his senior year, he couldn't,
1: he couldn't practice at all the whole year.
0: Yeah. So, you know, he's a guy who just looks a lot better now. You know, I wish we had. I wish he had been healthier at Duke. We could have appreciated him a little more. he was just sure. a, a pure shooter then, even. You know? Yeah. Um, But he's still young. I mean, how old is Seth Curry?
1: He's probably older than you think. 26, 25, maybe Because he transferred a year and also played all four years. He had to sit out a year.
0: Uh, It looks like he turns 28 in two weeks. But uh, he's he's got four years, you know, of like kind of prime. Maybe the best is yet to come from Seth Curry. I'm glad he's got some money, you know. His, his brother, loan him a few bucks, right? <laughs> he take care of him, but it's cool that he's uh, made it on his own a bit. Yeah. So then we're waiting for Trey Duvall to get drafted, and uh, you
1: know, worst case scenario, worst worst case was, season, on well, draft night.
0: Yeah, for him, I guess as he, he goes undrafted. Uh, I wasn't shocked; I was mildly surprised because he's young and he is talented. Yeah. Uh, almost kind of better to get to not get drafted really than to get drafted in the last 5 or 10 slots because you don't get any guaranteed money and you're sort of locked in on that team that team has your rights Uh, he ends up getting it's going to be a good team yeah he ends up getting picked up uh, to be on the Rockets summer league team right we saw him play a game where he he really lit
1: up the scoreboard he didn't start but he played really well and he shot well from 3 he should have made a couple he he, I believe had a lot of assists his length was very evident uh, played well he was on the court during quote unquote as crunch of a crunch time time period as it, as can be during the summer league game and he looked great
0: it was a command it was a, kind of a command yeah. performance from him unexpected coming then, off the bench then the i checked in on team. him the
1: next game he was like oh for six or whatever from 3 and you know there's always just yeah you can't I, you can't put too much weight into one game
0: even in that really good game and we were we were sitting courtside I noticed that that he was having, having some like responsibility issues still with like picking up, team play like it's all court game. Yeah. Um, so obviously there's a lot to learn there for him. We know that we watched him play that you know all year, but uh, you know the Rockets don't sign him. Right. They don't. They have no rights over him, even though they play on their summer league team. But the Bucks do sign him. Uh, to a Correct. two-way deal, right, which is very like team favorable, but again, you know he's going to see split time. He's going to get some time in the NBA roster. Nothing guaranteed, and a lot of time with the G League. Uh, and you know someone believes in him enough to give him that two-way contract. I think I think that was a probability of happening. But
1: yeah, we uh, going into the draft, we were like. Um, the three guards are sort of all over the map They it wouldn't shock us if they went late first or second round Or if they went undrafted Like, And, yeah. and that's sort of how it played out
0: Yeah, so for me, Gary Tran ends up getting like, it's, Even though he wasn't a first rounder And I'm sure he was hoping to be He ends up being a winner And it's a win for him Because he gets the guaranteed money of a first rounder And he goes to a pretty solid organization And uh, Portland's a cool city and then uh, DeVal, it's not worst-case scenario because he gets the, the two-way deal. doesn't have to sweat out training camp in terms of making the team, probably. He could still get cut, but uh, but you have to say it's a loss. It's a, it's, it's <laughs> tremendous, a pretty loss. Tremendous, tremendous loss. Tremendous loss. Coming into the he year. Was, he was, he, a, like, coming
1: in, he probably thought he was the best point guard in the country. I don't think he ever thought he would be on a two-way contract for Milwaukee, which is probably – he. at least he can't get into trouble in Milwaukee, probably.
0: <laughs> I don't think he's gonna get in trouble. I don't think he has a character issue in that respect, but you know and like by the way, point guards went 31, 32, 33, and
1: thirty four in this draft. And were, a lot of older older point guards.
0: Yeah, I mean and you know, D'Anthony Melton went mid first round he fell. There were a lot of point guards taken in this draft, so it's you know It's a pretty, it must have been pretty very big hum- indictment on,
1: on him, yeah.
0: It just must have been very humbling to uh, To think he's as good coming into the year as Colin Sexton who goes in the top ten, to get sort of leapfrogged by like guys like,
1: by everyone.
0: Yeah, like Trey Young, like obviously you know all season, and but then guys that that he's wouldn't even have put
1: on his level probably going into the year, uh, and probably still doesn't well, believe as yeah, I mean, good as him. But, but the thing is, is, is um, whatever preconceived notions we had of Trey of uh, Trayvon Duvall coming into Duke. Was really based on what you know, like wh- yeah, what? Are we, what these, are we basing? Mi- based on these mixtapes and the yeah. player ratings. And so we really don't know, you yeah. know. And obviously the coaches also. I mean, it, it it should be sort of an indictment on the coaches for for
0: recruiting this kid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, like, they... look, there weren't a lot of great freshman point guards in the NCAA this year. Nobody knew about Trey Young. No, nobody knew he was that good. Yeah. you know, like he probably wasn't that good back when he was a junior in high school. Because you have you may make the decision who to recruit when they're sophomores, juniors. The offers are out there when they're juniors. Right. So, like, you know, you can only be so tough on, on the coach. They, they, they target the top guys, and the kid, he's a nice kid.
1: You know, did you right. see
0: what he posted, though, on uh, Twitter the other day? Uh,
1: I saw he's going back and forth with some haters. You know, he, somebody made a comment about how if the, the new NCAA rules of being able to come back if you go undrafted or so whatever. Like, yeah, so now, so now Trayvon DeVal could have come back. And Trey, Trey tweets like, out, I wouldn't have come back anyway, dog. Yeah,
0: he's like, <laughs> guess what? <I> was never <laughs> coming back. I mean, it, it was like, I don't think he thought about how yeah. it sounded. I mean, it sounded like. Clearly, he
1: doesn't have yeah. like a PR guy or somebody who's like polishing up on his. Yeah. You know. I don't
0: think he meant anything personal at Duke by it. What he meant was I was gone. I was here yeah. for a year. That was my plan. Nothing yeah. was changing no matter what. Uh, but it, it came off bad. I mean, it didn't come off as badly as posting out his own highlight dunk in the, from the locker room in Chapel Hill after we yeah. got like soundly beaten. You know, that. That's something I'm, I'm going to have a hard time forgetting.
1: He he, can, he can play. It, w- it would not shock me if he if he made it. Um, did you catch any of the Duke games in, I, I want to say maybe it was like a month or a month and a half ago, they, they rebroadcast the 20 most popular college basketball games. And like Three. seven of the 20 were Duke games. And I found myself just sitting and watching like Duke, Indiana um he duke played, michigan state i played mean great he, for stretches against he, michigan state he but he could he's capable of playing fantastic yes and his passing is great like he's yes. setting up people all over the place he's getting 10 assists a game i mean he well, can make a it game, but, but it i think for him a lot of it because he's he's got the length he's got the wingspan he's got the athleticism it's just his brain between the ears like can he develop can he can he get it because think, because I, so many players wash out. I think he's a
0: smart guy, but I don't think he's a smart basketball player yet. And yeah, he's young, and he's gonna he's gonna have to learn that stuff in the G League, on the bench, traveling with an NBA team, and it's hard to do. Yeah, it's hard. It's not impossible. Yeah. Especially especially because
1: you're you're grinding it out in the G League, and it's not glamorous, and there's nobody in the crowds, and guys get it done.
0: Seth Curry yeah. got it done. Quinn Cook got it done, yeah. You know, and he's got more. He's got more talent than both of those guys. Like maybe not shooting talent, which
1: is which is the most valued commodity.
0: The rest of the game, uh, yeah. I mean, he was he was the best player on the court for a stretch against Michigan State. He was the best player on the court in the Kansas game. That you know to get to the Final Four for a stretch. He
1: has a certain level of confidence. Mm -hmm. You know, that is, that's impervious to like game situation or national championship or final fours on the line. It just doesn't matter to him. You know, like he's confident in his abilities to attack the basket or even to shoot a three.
0: But that's that's why, that's why it was frustrating. Yeah. That's why this team this year was frustrating because they're all so talented. Um, All right. So that, that, that was a draft. It it mostly went according to expectations. Uh, I was, you know, I was. Pretty pleased with how it went overall. I was okay with uh, DeVal sort of getting up, not drafted. That's probably good for him. It's good for him to, to, to have that, to understand. <sighs> to, to, to motivate him. So he'll listen. So he'll listen to the coaches and understand that yeah. he's got an issue he has to solve. Right. Uh, Duke in the NBA free agency. We, we talked about Jabari. We talked about Seth Curry. Uh, you know, we could go through some of the more notable ones. Uh the guy sort of wielding on the vine right now is Rodney Hood. Rodney Hood has not been signed. It's August. Rodney Hood had a tough playoff series uh, run with It was really the crazy how
1: it played out. Really crazy because I thought... You got jettisoned by the here's a, here's a golden opportunity for you to showcase your talent mm-hmm. on the way to the NBA Finals. Um, you're a great player. I mean, this guy's put up 30, not super regularly, but... Fairly often for the Utah Jazz when Very he's been call, when he's been called on to score. Yeah, and uh, you know he doesn't check into a game and and one thing leads to another and then, you know, he just came off looking pretty poorly. I I didn't think it would get to this point where he can't get a contract.
0: Well, I'm th- I'm seeing reports that the Cavs are still interested in signing him. Yeah. Uh, my guess is the reason he's not signed is because he's not he's not going to play for the minimum. You know, okay. he probably thinks he knows he's worth more than that. Yeah. And the way there's, like, nobody has cap room. Like, very few teams can do anything for him at this point. And because of sort of how shitty he looked, you know, attitude-wise, and, like, it's a pretty big indictment when LeBron James doesn't want you to play in big games. Like, it's a it's an indictment when you're not playable. When when some You, you think, you think LeBron use... wants
1: to tie Lou and said, I don't want Rodney playing? Because in Everybody game, in, in, game runs that team. In, in game three of the NBA Finals, they're like, okay, we're just gonna throw a hail mary. Maybe Rodney Hood can give us a spark off the bench in terms of uh, when the when the bench plays. When the second unit is in there, we want Rodney Hood, and he was in there trying to you know create things. And
0: his stats weren't that hideous when it came down to it, even in the playoffs yeah. overall. But but it's clear something's off. The Jazz didn't want him. Right, you know, they didn't get that much for him, and they didn't add, you know, and the the calves, you know, and let's 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 not kid ourselves. Uh, LeBron James is running that team last year, and he's, you know, he's, he's involved in who, who's getting big minutes, and Rodney Hood wasn't getting big minutes, and Rodney Hood, you would have thought after that trade happened, he would have a major role, and it's not that he had no role, but. Um,
1: Hmm. You know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I I think he probably lost the minutes because he, he just wasn't shooting that well. I think he played a lot of minutes in the earlier uh, playoff rounds. He just didn't, didn't score well.
0: Yeah, but like, the know, defense NBA never personnel knows. They know that, like, you know, they know that shoot, you know, good shooters miss. It's not like they, they panic. Against Golden State, he played four total minutes. And against Boston, he played in the last six, last five games of the Boston series, he played two minutes and 53 seconds, if uh, Basketball Reference is to be believed. Uh, that's pretty brutal, you know. That that's pretty brutal. So something happened, and my guess is the whispers around the NBA know exactly what happened, and it wasn't just that he refused to check it in. There must have been more going on. Okay. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, he's not getting signed. He's not getting a lot of money. Obviously, he's gonna to have to have a, probably a one-year kind of prove-it deal. It's certainly an opportunity still in Cleveland for him, if that's where he winds up. But uh, hopefully, someone picks him up and he can regain whatever the confidence is. You know, I, I always liked Roddy Hood uh, as a player. I actually, I thought I would. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. If I
1: were an NBA team, I would buy low on Roddy. Yeah, buy low. You know, hire, and, hire a shrink or whatever. Um, get him right.
0: And uh, he's he's 25, about to turn 26. You know, it, he's a young guy. Uh, the other guys, the NBA teams, they all had the opportunity to buy low on. It was Okafor. Right. Okafor just you know, a couple days ago signed with the Pelicans. He joins Frank Jackson. Frank
1: the Tank Jackson. Because it's an opportunity to talk. And also, about the other Okafor.
0: Oh yeah, Ameka. They were both in the Sixers <laughs> our training camp old together friend.
1: last year. Actually, the guy who have just
0: ripped our hearts out. So the, the Sixers got rid of him. They obviously didn't want him. The Nets uh, didn't didn't keep him. They must not have been too interested. They they could use young players. Uh, you think he he it was reported that he got a partial guarantee for one year and a team option on the second. So that probably means like the minimum salary or close to it, with maybe an incentive or two. And maybe we don't know how much is guaranteed, but yeah. you know some fraction guaranteed. What a fall from grace for the, the number two pick in the draft! Yeah. This is only is going to be his fourth NBA season. Uh, it, it's actually a pretty pretty staggering,
1: and well, like and there were people. Yeah. Were you were you surprised that he got signed? Uh,
0: no, I expected him to get signed somewhere. I
1: I was surprised.
0: No, no. I thought he'd
1: be in China or Europe somewhere.
0: Yeah, I mean my guess is he could have made more money in Europe yeah. somehow or in China. But he he's not ready to give up on that. Uh, he probably still thinks he's he's a potential all star. He probably thinks he's great, you know. Like there's a lack I of mean, evidence come on. that I he, mean his
1: confidence gotta be shredded. It
0: must be, but there's a lack of evidence that he sort of knows what he did wrong. Okay. You know, like like you know when he did play, it's not. You know he what he was still doing some of the things he does well, well, but he wasn't. He still wasn't showing the right kind of desire on defense, and he basically became a laughingstock around the league for these clips. Yeah. of like these I, I, spurts I saw, in I games. I saw more than a few of them, and I and it was like I was watching Trey Duvall Duke when I was right. watching Okafor play for the Sixers, and I watched all the
1: games. But in an and, NBA season, I think you could come up with clips like that on anyone.
0: Yeah, it was every game. I, mean, I was I was texting you at one point when you guys were arguing with me about, or Pasternak was arguing with me about like how, you know, asking like was he really that bad? And then, like I'm just watching the next game. I take twelve videos of like twelve different plays. <laughs> I didn't watch where him, he's no. just sleeping on defense. <laughs> you didn't watch my clips, and I did yes. the same thing with Deval at one point. But uh, I'm still rooting for the guy. I st- I know the knee is an issue. Yeah, I- it sounds like the Sixers did have a deal for him in place. With the Pelicans two years ago, and it got nixed by a foul physical, according to Brian Colangelo's burner burner accounts. His his wife's burner accounts, really him, Eric Jr. Uh, So I don't know if that's true or not, if it was misinformation, but uh, he joins Frank Jackson, who missed last year. Uh, Update us on Frank Jackson, Peter, and the Frank Jackson experience.
1: Before we get off of Okafor, I mean, Grayson Allen has played with probably like 20 first round draft picks. And yeah. to this day, he still says Julia Okafor is the most dominant Duke player he's ever played with at Duke and You and I we remember what he was Truly dominant college. I game. mean he was he was I believe the first freshman player of the year for the ACC Hands down one of the best players in the league and now he's got a partial guarantee One or two year contract with the it's Pelicans. A, it's it's a, amazing. It's the incredible. evolution of the game is incredible. It's incredible. The
0: NBA game is just completely different than it was. And it's yeah. so different than the college game. College basketball is nothing like the NBA. So a guy could, like Okafor can dominate, even as a freshman, be the ACC player of the year, win the national championship. And by the way, he didn't have a great finals game. But he had a very, very, very good season. Yeah. And then be Irrelevant. In the league, it's, it's still shocking to me. I, I still think that there must be situations for him. I'm surprised better teams didn't kind of take a shot at him. Like, I just don't I mean, see that there's I'm, so da- little I'm, downside to having him on the team. Yeah, Maybe well, you can develop him.
1: I'm not surprised. But he's unplayable in mean, he, defense, he, essentially. You he, know? he could have been had in a trade for a very, very, very low price for years, and nobody really wanted him.
0: The Sixers were trying to dump him and they had to give stuff away to yeah. get rid of him right. at the end,
1: right. to end it.
0: Uh, <laughs> you know, it is it is incredible. You think, like, a, a very good coach would be like, you know what, I can get through to this guy, but they all just see the physical limitations. Yeah. His reaction time and the slowness of foot on defense. You can't be slow and not be able to cover anyone in the NBA. Like, Boban, Boban on, on Detroit was like, you look at his offensive oh, stats. Mar-
1: Marjanovic? Yeah. Okay.
0: His offensive stats are incredible. He can't get on the court. Yeah. Because...
1: He he can only go in against specific opposing teams, centers. Yeah. yeah. But before okay. this goes on too long, let's move on to... Frank. Julio Okafor's oh. teammate, Frank the Tank Jackson. I got... I'm happy that Rajon Rondo got signed by the Lakers opening up. A starting role in the Pelicans backcourt. I don't
0: think he's gonna start.
1: We uh, so we we went to. I am pretty sure it was the very first summer league game uh, a few months back, and Frank looked great. He looked very spry, very agile. Um, Dude, very he, he he got some some elevation on his jump shot. I mean, he he looked great. I mean, he's always a good shoot. Was always a good shooter. Looked great from the free throw line. He looked good as the initiator. Um, his athleticism, and then we went and checked out, uh, I want to say Portland on the other court. Then I think I went back by myself, and he wasn't on the court, and I started to get worried. <laughs> when I googled Frank Jackson, and, and I read that he'd been taken off the court. and I don't know at what point you, can, you can be considered, quote-unquote, injury-prone, but it's a little bit scary. I mean, for caution's sake, the Pelicans sat him immediately for the rest of the summer league. But it was clear that Frank Jackson was a was a they they want him to develop. They gave him the ball. Yeah. They want him. They want to see what he can do. Yeah, and, early uh,
0: second rounder last year. Yeah. Uh, missed the whole year with a foot injury, and um, they did sign Alfred Payton. They have Drew Holiday. Uh, they but, si- they
1: signed Alfred Elf- Payton. Yeah. Off of Orlando. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now, he's you know he's a bit of a washout, like, right? In terms of, but he's you know he's probably you know he's probably going to play ahead of a Frank Jackson. He's got more experience, uh, but there's some other young guards in in the mix there. But there's no one that you would say there's really no reason if Frank Jackson's ready to play well that he and wouldn't they, get some minutes. Some minutes, meaningful he, minutes. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he should get some minutes. And it's an interesting team with a lot, you know. Obviously, uh, gets to play with uh, at least one fantastic player in uh, Anthony Davis. Miritich, uh, they, they actually made a real deep run in the playoffs last year. They lose Boogie Cousins and they lose Rondo. They pick up Julius Randle. Yeah, yeah, they picked up Randle, and uh, you know they got DeAndre Liggins as a as a guard, and they have Ian Clark. Uh, but no one, no one that's gonna. If Frank Jackson is as good as you think he could be, I just like ben, the guy. Ben, he, I mean, ben, <laughs> want me to say? We,
1: we all root for different guys. Uh, one other guy who changed teams we should mention Emil Jefferson. Yeah. Switched to Orlando, also on a, again on a two way contract. Um, he was with Minnesota. I believe he did very well. He led Summer League in rebounding for whatever that's worth. Um, he's just like a very good on defense, communicator. Sort of, yeah. you know, he doesn't need shots. He's, putting up he's big just, rebounding numbers. Yeah. He's a, like it's just a vo- it's just a vocal player. guy. Like, it wouldn't shock me if he turned out to be like a Lance Thomas type, but it seems like he's got a long ways to go. Yeah, currently. no
0: one's anxious to throw him onto the court in in like a like a big NBA game, but but there's no reason he's not going to get some looks uh, in Orlando uh, or somewhere else. I think it's sort of he's sort of like in a Quinn Cook position. Yeah, right spot right opportunity he seems ready he's like right. really you know really happy for him he, al- he always just, just struck me
1: as um, his his the limiting factor is his athleticism you know
0: yeah who would you whose NBA career would you take from this point forward Emil Jefferson or Jaleel Okafor who do you think's going to have the better NBA career from this point forward
1: <sighs> Emil Jefferson <laughs> or Jaleel Okafor yeah Wow, good question.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting that we're not sure. Uh,
1: who else? I would, um, I would probably go Okafor. Yeah, but it's I mean it's obviously close.
0: I would go. I would go with Male yeah. at this point. Yeah.
1: Um, he can do more defensively.
0: I, I don't know. He's. Uh, I, I know he's he's working hard and he's he's healthy now. Uh, I think Okafor's health is really is an issue. I think his knee is a, is a problem. That's uh, continuing to,
1: to plague him a little bit. I, I just saw some type of video clip where he looked pretty shredded. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like a six-pack. He's yeah, got the he vegan just... diet going. <laughs> You're not buying it. I mean, he's he's just nailing uh, elbow jumpers. He still has the highest yeah. potential. Like, you yeah. know, if
0: he becomes a, like a dead-eye three-point shooter, loses weight and, like, changes the type of player he is. I mean, know,
1: he's not going to be a dead eye 3 point yeah. shooter ever.
0: He just needs the right role. He he really needs the right role, play with the right guys. He needs he the he needs to play with four other stellar defenders is the issue, you know, and you know, no one's building their team around Ochotfor. Two big, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. um alright well that is does that, that wrap it up anyone else we should talk about uh, NBA free agency Gerald Henderson post uh, sort mm. of post script like he's healthy again he, still, still nothing he hasn't like, his, he's probably going to appear somewhere in an NBA training camp Okay. Uh, and hope to make he's still team. in his 20s right Gerald Henderson I don't, know if he's in his, I don't think he's in his 20s Okay. Uh, I think he's probably like 32 let's see who's right must be somewhere in the middle of those two numbers uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Google's not working for me, but uh, he sat out all last year with a pretty bad injury, um, and he played the previous year with the Sixers. He had actually played pretty well. Looks like he's thirty. He's going to turn thirty-one in December, so um, I think he's got something left. Uh, and he's I, I probably got a year or two left. I mean, yeah, could see him making a team. Um, and that's that's about it, I guess. Um, heard. Did you, did you listen to this Jay Williams interview with Bill Simmons? Loved podcast? it. Loved it. It's an incredible interview. Yeah. Uh, very, very candid. I
1: Talked love, a lot I, about... I love the Coach K stories. I love how things were back then. It's just... We're talking about evolution, right? And yeah. even just like back to when he was uh, um, playing at Duke. This is just 15 years ago. It's just a blip in humanity, right? these guys are playing and then they're eating like pizza on the bus on the on the ride to the airport and now they're just they probably can't aren't allowed to eat pizza. Probably. They're, uh, they're supposed to eat clean uh, meats yeah. vegetables I you know I'm
0: sure they're having pizza. Come on. But, but yeah uh, different different sort of he uh, talked about sort of how he didn't know anything coming into the league like he didn't sort of have mentors like
1: he talked about sort of like... He, he seemed to blame a lot of his rookie lack of production numbers-wise on, on the triangle offense. Not, not on Jalen. On the triangle offense. He's like...
0: He said Jalen Rose was mean to him. He said the triangle offense is <laughs> bad for him. He said he didn't have the right mentorship. He said he wasn't complaining. He was super positive in yeah, his podcast. Yeah. Came off great. But like he also said that today guys are guided. Like right. Really guided. They get a Drew Hanlon. They get, they get these, you know, positive impact people on them. Teams have larger staffs. Back then, you were kind of on your own a bit, and even like he talked about sort of the veterans on the team being a bit hostile. He was competing with on, them on Chicago. On Chicago. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They so, had they had uh, Jalen Rose, Jamal Crawford. I think Jamal Crawford was was very good.
0: Yeah, he was competing with Jamal yeah. Crawford for minutes. There was like sort of an alpha issue. It sounded like, Uh, and you know, he basically just says he made the huge mistake of riding a motorcycle, and he just thought he could do no wrong. You know, his head was big, right? And um, you know, he just owns it, which is and it's fantastic. He's had this second second act as as an announcer. It's obviously puts a lot of work into it,
1: and he's he's come a long way. I mean, he was initially. Terrible as a college basketball analyst. Um, yes. Like, just just in terms of speaking, you know, he, he just wasn't that good.
0: The volume was too high and the substance wasn't quite there. He, he didn't have like the
1: right kind of yeah. uh, meter. I mean, I haven't read his yeah, <laughs> <right. laughs> I, I should have prefaced that also. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: He's better than we were, right. or, you know. But, and, and I
1: haven't read his <laughs> book, but I'm sure his book would most likely speak to. His journey from, like, the hospital bed and just wallowing in misery and feeling sorry, sorry for yourself. And, you know, I, I, I can't remember he for really, sure, but, but I, I think he did bring up, like, you know, suicidal thoughts or tendencies or, like, uh, you know, just just, just he, stuff like, like he was so far down in terms of what he could have been, like an NBA all-star, one of the best guards in the league, to being crushed being absolutely destroyed.
0: Yeah, and he talked about... And that's got sort of, to be, like,
1: an interesting thing to read about. He
0: talked about playing against Iverson and doing well his rookie year in a game. He talked about subsequent years sort of watching guys he thought he could have competed with successfully, Yeah, you know, ascend to stardom in the NBA. He, like, really gave voice to that, that frustration, uh, to the disappointment. You could really... You know, it actually reminded me a little of Ricky Price talking to us about his story in terms of the level of candor and self-awareness. Uh, everybody, you know, all you guys should definitely listen to the to the to the podcast to the podcast. Uh, the, You're the, talking about the
1: Jay Williams, yeah, yeah Bill Simmons. Yeah, everybody podcast. should go back and
0: listen to our our first Ricky Price interview as well, because he gets into a lot of sort of he's so self-aware and he talks about. The program and how it doesn't really always work out for people. And yeah. the story with Coach K was an amazing story he told. And sort of how it resolved later as well was, was really cool to hear. And it's it's just really cool to hear Jay, used to be Jason Williams, really get into it. I doubt it's the first time he has, but it was the first time I really heard him talk long form on it. And uh, it filled in some gaps for me about sort of, and you know... Uh, Definitely made me team Jason Williams again. He's he's another
1: one of sort of like many Duke what ifs in the NBA. Oh yeah, yeah. One of the biggest. He was he was probably Duke's best player.
0: Maybe the most transcendent. Like I I know
1: JJ holds all the records, but if you if you extended Jay Williams' career, because Jay Williams only played three years. I mean, he actually smashes JJ if you would just extrapolate towards his senior year. Like, he was clearly better. And then Jay Williams has gone on uh, JJ Reddick's podcast and and, and to... I mean, they're just... It's more just uh, friendly, needling. But he was like, look, JJ, to even more um, demonstrate that I would be the all-time two-leading scorers. if you came in and I was a senior, I'd be the senior, you'd be the freshman. You would have three or four fewer shots per game. I'd be scoring 25 a game and you'd be scoring 10 a game instead of the 15 you but score.
0: right there is my biggest argument with Jason Williams is the all-time one of the all-time he's an all-time great at Duke basketball. Uh you know if we're going to rank our guys all-time, the fact that as the point guard, he was supposed to be the point mm-hmm, guard. Mm-hmm. He's thinking JJ Redick's point, isn't guard, get he was as point many guard for like shots. a year and a half. Well, Duhan came in and he he was the the, he was the point ball, guard. But they were both point guards. They were both point guards. Uh, Jason Williams was a point guard for the Bulls when he came in. It's a score, the kind of a score first point guard. But, okay. But like the fact that he's just thinking, I mean, he should be thinking, JJ, you would have gotten more shots. You would have scored more because nobody would have been able to, I'd have been doubled so much. I would have kicked out to you. You know, he's just thinking I would have gotten 25 a game, you know, but his efficiency, his efficiency is, is in question. And you look at his NBA numbers, his rookie year. That's all we have to go on. Obviously, it would have gotten better. But right. his shooting percentages were pretty low. Um, but yeah, obviously, dominant player. Great interview. Uh, I really enjoyed listening to it. Um, How'd we get off on that? I don't know I brought it up. I brought it up. I just listened to it the other day. Uh, well, stuff sh- in the offseason oh. that we've been thinking about. You know, that's all.
1: Yeah, we're we're like right in the middle of the off season because the the Canada trip is coming up and that's got me a little bit excited. But then I didn't realize it's still like a good three months till the season starts.
0: Yeah, we have this blessing coming at us now and this this Canada trip because they canceled last year's foreign trip, Puerto
1: Rico trip, or yeah, because, Dominican Republic trip.
0: Right, because Coach K's <laughs> the surgery and yeah. Bagley coming on and. Yeah. Now, uh, now we get. I mean, these games are televised.
1: They're right? televised on ESPN Plus. So yeah. I don't have ESPN Plus, but I intend to get it right before.
0: Yeah. So there's three games against, like, you know. I mean, they're gonna, they're going to be blowouts. So but we get to watch these guys with Duke uniforms yeah. on, yeah. playing the roles they may play during the season. Uh, it's pretty awesome, and there's yeah. three games in a week. Um, We have the dates of the games?
1: I think it starts uh, late next week. Like, I want to say next Thursday and next Saturday, and then the following week.
0: Okay, so yeah, it's uh, the first game is August 15th, which is this coming Wednesday. And then um, then there's a game two days later uh, on Friday night. So, August 15th, 7 p.m., August 17th, 6 p.m., and then they go to Montreal. Those are both outside of Toronto. Uh, and then they, two days later on a Sunday, they have an afternoon game uh, in Montreal where they play uh, McGill, McGill University, I guess.
1: Those start times were all Eastern? Yeah, those start times okay. were all
0: Eastern. Uh, and it is you know, all the games apparently are going to be on this ESPN Plus or the ESPN Family Network. So uh, I'm going to try and make sure I, I, get, I catch most of them. Yeah, uh, should be should be fun to watch. I'm looking forward to seeing seeing it all.
1: Yeah, what are you thinking? Like, how do you think it'll play out?
0: I think we'll you know we'll go we'll, these teams in these exhibition we'll start games. Start fundamentally. Yeah,
1: starting five. Oh God, you know I really haven't put a lot of
0: thought into it. I thought we'd just mention it and then watch the games and talk about what we thought and then from there we'd go. But I think the starting five is going to be uh, the freshman and Bolton not Joey Baker. Okay. You know, with a chance that O'Connell.
1: Is O'Connell the sixth guy? uh, Maybe Javin. Sixth guy. O'Connell and
0: Javin are the two guys. I mean, I would actually like to see us play more of a spread. More of a spread with Zion playing the five. Okay. Uh, And this is me not having really seen Zion play that much. From what I understand, he's like. He's like 280,
1: a load. He can protect the rim. And somehow he's got the highest vertical in Duke basketball history. Yeah, They they had to adjust the setup because he kept out jumping the maximum, you know.
0: Right. What was the vertical, did they say?
1: 43, maybe? And he weighs almost 300 pounds.
0: Yeah, he's an absolute freak. Uh, I mean, I'd love to see... I'd love to see a wide-open offense that's not sort of weighed down by, by you know, a Jalil Okafor-like big man plugging up the middle, clogging up the lane. Okay. Uh, Bolden is that. right? Or if Bolden's out there, I'd like to see him just setting high screens and rolling to, rolling to the rim, you know, for Cam Reddish, for an RJ Barrett, and Zion coming from the weak side. And uh, But, you know, I think there's a good chance, at least at the beginning of the year, Coach K likes to start uh, more veteran players. He's been cutting away from that the last couple of years, but I wonder if we'll go back towards it because,
1: with, with say, Jabin and Alex, it wouldn't surprise
0: me to see uh, only only two or three of these freshmen start. For sure, R.J. Barrett's starting.
1: Rj, I think, is the unquestioned high ceiling. Yeah. The, he's 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 Cam, the guy. I he's think Cam Radish guy. is is 1A. I feel like Cam is going to be very smooth, probably does more in terms of just everything and maybe higher basketball IQ, but RJ Barrett everyone seems to think he's going to be the first overall pick.
0: I think the big question is Trey Jones. Yeah. You know, is he like his brother? Is he going to play like his brother? I mean,
1: that's my that's what I hope. <laughs> Every, everyone says he's more athletic, slightly bigger, not as good of a shooter does but, he, but who knows
0: does he have the ability to lead lead the team from that spot does he demand that's a starting
1: spot that's another excellent question we we need to address yeah who's the captain going to be and and when's the captain going to be named i don't know that's a good question <laughs> and uh, i was i was also watching something um, in terms of they were just all shooting like 200 shots right there was one guy who was like hands down had the best numbers yeah who should be O'Connell? Not O'Connell. Could be Cam Reddish. It was Jack White, and they said it was not even close. So this guy, who if he went to Gonzaga or St. Mary's, he'd probably be scoring like twenty-five a game, twenty points a game. Jack White is apparently our best shooter.
0: Let's not even talk about Jack White because he's not seeing the court because we don't play more than seven guys, seven and a half guys in a no. game. And I'd love to see. You know, you know, I'd love to see us extend the bench.
1: Eight or nine, at, ten man rotation. At
0: least in these exhibition games, like everybody should play.
1: At least against like Grand Canyon University and all these early season games.
0: Where yeah, but you, um, you
1: just Coach K goes back to his tendencies and just got to win this game. It's very important to win this game.
0: Yeah, I think I think we'll see a lot of a lot of guys playing a lot of court time. But maybe they'll mix it up with different lineups. But. Uh, I don't know that they're going to go just all freshmen in the starting lineup. Uh, yeah, I, I'd be I'd be very surprised.
1: But so, so in looking at these games, in addition to in addition to looking for how things will flush out, I feel like this team, just like last year's team, one possible liability might be outside shooting. I mean, who's going to be the knockdown three point shooters on this squad?
0: Oh, I think, I mean, you know. T- I think RJ is an outside shooter. I think I, Cam Reddish I, is a great outside shooter. I,
1: I I would think RJ is not that great of a three point shooter.
0: Uh, I think he's just he's just a flat out he's a three level scorer. Okay. Uh, I th- you know, but again, what do we know? Trey, right? Maybe maybe Trey Jones isn't as good a shooter as Tyus. But right. And, if that's, it, and if, if that's if like that's true, and
1: threes. Zion's on the court and Bolton's on the court, then where's the spacing? Where's the shooting? What's like, the problem like, with Three-point shooting do, is or, like, critical. Like, look at look at Villanova. Look at Gonzaga. Look yeah. at UNC. Yeah, we just don't know. I
0: expect all these guys can shoot threes with the exception of Bolden. The entire team. Joey Baker, Alex O'Connell. Uh, I expect Javin to have a better three-point shot this year. But basically, Javin and Bolden I, I are the two Javin's guys. I think shoot any threes. Javin and Bolden are the two guys I, I don't expect to space the floor, which means you can't have more than one of them out there at the time. Uh, but you can't have one. You can't have right. one. You need a guy
1: who. Well, d- yeah. I mean, it, it depends how critical they are to the defense. Yeah. You know. But I, I felt one of the things Coach K was talking about last year is like we need our guys to talk instinctively. These guys aren't talking enough, and I feel like uh, the the linchpin of your defense, the guy who can see everything, is the is your center, is the guy who's in the middle who can see everything. That's the guy who has to talk the most. That's why Emil Jefferson when he was the guy defense was effective good communication but if it's a guy like Bagley or Wendell Carter or a freshman it might take some time for that to develop
0: interesting uh, I'm looking at RJ Barrett's high school stats a little bit here and he didn't shoot a ton of, he wasn't a volume three-point shooter but uh, that's for sure uh although I guess he didn't play that that many games they have
1: high school stats now uh, it's,
0: uh, it's very it's difficult must, to find It must be incomplete yeah. They got a 5 of 9 from three-point range. <laughs> That's meaningless. I mean, uh, yeah. The, the bigger question for the for the season, for the development, for the team is, how do they come together as a team? Do they play defense well as a team? Do they play do they share the ball? Uh, and, of course, you know, can they shoot is a big, big question when you have a lot of town. But I'm pretty sure we have a bunch of shooters. And play style wise I'd love to see them spread more I'd love I you know I'm I, I want Bolden not to have the worst like the most disappointing career of like a, a McDonald's all- American to come to the Duke yeah but if he slows the team down if he kind of screws up the spacing on offense and tough luck you, you know he, he might he could still end up being like an odd man out this year yeah uh, and I don't see him and Javin being able to play a lot of minutes together against the best teams if that's what they're trying to accomplish but maybe they're not trying to accomplish that maybe maybe they're, they're doing a more traditional thing again um, yeah it's a it's gonna be interesting we'll, we'll do another podcast after we watch these games we'll have a lot to talk about yeah um and uh we'll go from there I guess
1: one other thing what you got Brennan Master are you aware of what he did this summer tell me about it it's actually somewhat impressive he biked cross country.
0: I did hear this
1: from Seattle to, to New York. Um, he started a campaign to raise money for. He's got a sister who is. Um, uh, I'm probably going to butcher this uh, nonverbal autistic, I think, and he's he's trying to raise money for, um, challenge kids. Um, and it's Walk on America. I think he's going to fall short of his uh, stated goal of raising a million dollars, but. He still raised 350000 Not too late to donate if you want to. Um, Brendan Basser. How do they do it? Critical, critical, walk-on, bench, cheerleader type guy. How, he, they, how he, do they he just, he just, he, uh You just go to the website, walkonamerica.org.
0: Walk on America Foundation. Walk on America.org. Yeah. And uh, there's a, a button for him. Is that him? Is that his foundation? Or is it he's a part of something else?
1: No, I'm pretty sure it's his. He's doing it, but I could be wrong.
0: Okay, yeah. I mean, they, they specifically mention him. It looks like they have done, raised almost three hundred fifty thousand. They got a video of him riding his bike uh, with some Oops. drone footage of him. I mean, and, it's uh, that's pretty pretty cool. I mean,
1: he did it, and I guess you don't really think about it, but that is very ambitious. I mean, can you even imagine? Biking just like across the state. <laughs> I, mean, be, I can't imagine I mean, I getting, can't, getting I can't, on a bike. I, and, I can't and, imagine like how bad my butt would feel after doing that, even just for like two days. And this guy's going. Not only is he going from Seattle to New York, but he's he's running basketball clinics for like challenged kids.
0: All along the run Yeah,
1: making sure that each uh, one of them scores a basket to you know feel good about themselves, and
0: it's that's, very good. It's impressive. I yeah. I, I can only imagine doing it if the entire thing was downhill (laughs) I need I need the entire ride to be downhill where I could just coast yeah you know coast and have autopilot and uh get on my phone but yeah other than that I don't think I can do it
1: kudos to Brendan Baster and for doing for pursuing good yeah doing doing good things
0: that's fantastic good for him I'm glad he's on the team I'm glad he's a part of the team you know uh, alright well great
1: that was a great ending note thanks for that Peter nice sure. work it wasn't me it was Brendan Bassett well thanks for bringing it to, uh, to the podcast attention
0: uh, alright well uh, that's it thanks for listening guys
1: thanks for listening are we going to try to come back after the, the three games in Canada to, Definitely, yeah. to give our expert opinions on, on how the team can function better
0: yeah, everybody watch the games if you can. Uh, you know, ESPN needs the money if you want to sign up and uh, watch the games. I, I they imagine... actually do need the money. <laughs> they actually do. They, yeah. they need the money. I imagine there's going to be a lot of highlights on social media. Uh, but uh, there's and nothing I, and, like And, and, and I believe some games.
1: Dookies are calling the three games. It's okay. Like, it's like, Jay, it's probably not Jay Billis, but it's a lesser Dookie calling the game. Okay. Maybe Jay Williams or, you know, whoever. Gerald Henderson
0: Yeah um, That's great Uh, They released the schedule The the out of conference schedule uh, For the season Uh, I think we're thinking about going to this uh, Champions
1: Classic Indianapolis Yeah who Do we play again there? The Evil Empire University of Uh, Kentucky Yeah Duke Kentucky you see Calipari go on when they announce these new rules changes, he's like, "Well, what if my kid declares the draft and goes undrafted and you want him to come back? And what if I've given away his scholarship? What then? What is the kid supposed to do then? Sit out a year?" Yeah, these new,
0: these new NCAA, like, you know, on their own, release some like new rules, and yeah. everybody's criticizing them. Everyone, Again, yeah. you know, the, the, these guys just—I just don't think they get it. They, they just don't. They just don't really get it. Um, they're, they're so behind. We can talk more about thinking.
1: that in the future, but uh, but yeah, um, was it Kentucky in Indianapolis, November sixth? There's the Maui Invitational. I want to say there are a couple of games in New York. So yeah, this, uh, this looks like a pretty
0: interesting, uh, interesting season for the out of conference, uh, and uh, yeah, should be a great year so anxious to get into it anxious to see some basketball actually break down some basketball some exhibition basketball
1: against overmatched Canadian university teams hey maybe
0: they're great maybe these Canadians are great Uh, Arjun Barrett's from Canada
1: maybe Anthony Bennett's the assistant coach
0: maybe Steve Nash's family is is populating these teams and they're all like fantastic but you know I'm not expecting super competitive games but not not needed right now. Uh, should hold us over for the two months until blue white. Uh, so yeah. Okay. Good to be back. Good to, to get the talk on here.
1: Thanks for listening, guys. As always. All right. Go Duke. Get go Duke. Go Duke. it again, dude.